Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Color Style. I am your host, Jen Thoden, and this is the place to be to create your most stylish and confident you. In this episode, I'm going to answer a question from uh, my audience, my viewers, and my listeners. If you have a question related to color, style, or even personal development, just send a question to, or comment to support at yourcolorstyle.zendesk.com, and I will try to answer that in a, a future episode. Also, in this episode, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about a personal story and hopefully something that can, you can apply to your life. We're not going to have a color analysis case study in this particular one. Um, I only share the ones that I get permission with, and sometimes it takes a little longer to get uh, those permissions, and I don't want to um, put something out there that uh, would upset someone. So, uh, so. The question of the day, if you will, is, <clears throat> drum roll please, ah, what colors are making you look older? So there's no one particular color, but here is kind of a formula, if you will, of things that we do, or maybe not you, but uh, people tend to do that start to create age uh, whether you want it to or not. So, you know, when you're young, like 20, in the in your teens, you know, putting on a lot of makeup or dark makeup or that kind of a thing can make you look older, right? I mean, and it might be a desired effect. You want to feel grown up. You want to look uh, like a woman when you might still be very much a girl. Uh, and, and, you know, th- there's all kinds of reasons why you shouldn't do that, but that's kind of what happens. Well, I'm not going to say necessarily that, well, if you wore the same makeup when you're 30, you're going to look older. In fact, you might look perfect in that kind of makeup. But here's what happens. And here's where it starts to become a concern. Uh, These rules that I'm about to share with you may not apply to you right now if you're in your 30s and 40s. Okay, it might, but it might not. Really depends on how you're aging, to be honest. But as you get older into your 50s, 60s, and 70s, these rules will apply more and more. And the reason is, is that you you start you start to change. In fact, a lot of times I, I get a lot. A lot of my clients are in the age range of about 45 to 60, and the reason that that happens is because as we start to get older, our coloring changes. And although we may have been typecast as a particular season or color type when we were younger, it doesn't fit anymore as we get older. Well, that's the same thing for your makeup and how you wear your makeup and even the, your your hair color and that kind of a thing. So here's here's what happens. As you get older, you, you tend to cool off a little bit. You may not necessarily shift from warm undertones to cool undertones, but you might. Um, I've had many women who have been redheads when they were younger, but now are gray and they've kind of shifted over into being cool and having cooler undertones and overall coolness to them. You also tend to soften and lighten up. So imagine if you had, you know, say medium brown hair and as you, as you're aging, you are starting to just soften your eyes might soften, your skin softens, and you cool off a little bit. And because your hair is getting lighter, everything is kind of lighter and softer. What happens is is that we have a tendency to still want to wear the makeup that we wore when we were 40 or even 50. But now that we're lighter, naturally, those colors start to tend to look heavy on us. But we don't know 
that's what's happening. We just uh, we continue to do what what's always worked for us. But what starts to happen is that those heavier colors start to become too dark for you as you lighten, and those darker colors can actually add age to you and really enhance some of the shadows and creases in your face and the uh the you know the bags that we start to get under our eyes and start to look you look tired instead of bright the other thing that we have a tendency to do is to um want to color our hair back to what it was so if we were always a, a dark auburn for example we want to color our hair back to that even though our natural coloring now is getting lighter and softer and that can also age you uh, I'm not saying don't color your hair if you if you don't like the gray and you want to color your hair you should but consider not to go back as dark as you had been maybe just go slightly lighter or with highlights if you can if you can afford to do you know two colors to uh, lighten you up and brighten you many times when I am color analyzing someone who is uh, in their 60s and 70s, they are very likely going to come across as soft. Someone who has a more soft overall coloring may very well look their best in muted colors, but because they're already, in a way, having a stronger gray tone under, uh, about them, the muted colors might age them as well. And so many times I will suggest that they use the brighter palette, but use the lighter colors in it. And that will give them a lightness and brightness to them without weighing them down. Now, the very, very, very bright colors and the darker colors of the bright color wheel may be too heavy for them and too intense. But sometimes the softer colors might be too muted for them. And so the lighter colors of the bright work really, really nicely to give them some brightness and to bring some color back into them. It seems a little counterintuitive because many times I'll say, you know, if bright colors are too strong for you, then you need to wear muted colors. But I think the rules change a little bit as we get into our 60s and 70s and we start to uh, have to accept that our overall coloring is starting to look a bit more on the grayer side, maybe whether we like it or not. And we need to um, be in harmony with that, but also make sure that we're not draining ourselves even further. So avoid avoid darker colors as you age. The rule of thumb is, is that you should not wear colors that are any darker than your darkest feature. So as you're graying naturally, your darkest feature is going to probably get lighter and lighter. And even though you may darken your hair, I don't think that the rule applies that you can go darker in coloring. I think that it's going to be very harsh on you and it's going to weigh you down and it's going to make you look older, okay? And the same thing with wearing a lot of gray as you get older. I don't mean that you shouldn't wear gray. Uh, it might look lovely on you, but I think that you want to make sure that you have some brightness about you naturally. Some people go to a beautiful, bright, silvery and, and white um, in their hair. And that is a natural brightness. And so therefore, I think they can handle the silvers and the grays. But if you are really more um, getting on the softer side, your eyes are softer, it might actually not do that much for you. And I would suggest you stick with some brighter colors. Stick away, Stay away from dark makeup on the eyes, especially. Um, heavy eyeliner can, doesn't make you look younger it can really, really add age to you. So just be careful of that and darker lipsticks and that kind of a thing. 
Um, and of course your clothes. And the same rule goes with your hair. So I hope that helps. Um, again, you know, take a, a, an objective look at yourself and and make sure you're not wearing colors that are just too dark on you, too intense. You know, lighten it up a little bit and um, and try to keep your hair, you know, as you're aging, a little on the lighter side and not necessarily back to what it was when you were 20 or 30. It, it just may not be appropriate for you anymore okay so it's just it's just my opinion obviously do what you really makes you feel really good but there you go okay let's move into just between you and me I want to talk about ah I have a note here being the CEO of your life I, as you guys know, I have a business and I act and I have a business coach and I meet with my business coach once a week for about an hour, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, just depending on what's going on. And we, re- we review a lot of different things. We go over um, numbers, sometimes strategy, but most of the time we go, we, we dive deep into how I'm dealing on a personal level with my business and in my, and in my life and how that affects my business. Um, you know, if I'm not doing well, then business isn't doing well, relationships aren't going well. And, and so there's a lot of uh, life coaching that happens in these sessions. And one of the sessions I had recently was about being the CEO of my company. Now, it's a couple years ago, maybe, yeah, I guess about a couple, no, maybe about a year ago. So I've, I've always been a business owner and I've always thought of myself as self-employed. And with that, I have a tendency, as a lot of people do when they start their own business, to do everything. You're, you're the bookkeeper, you're the creator, you're the writer, you're the producer, you're the blogger, you, you're everything. You're the marketer. And a lot of time, what happens is, is that it's very difficult to grow into a successful, scalable business if you're doing everything. Because if you're busy doing the little things, you can't think about strategy, you can't think about vision. So we went through this exercise where I fired my self-employed self and became a business owner. And then we started working on the mindset of becoming a CEO of my company. Well, what I didn't realize was uh, we were having a session about about a month or so ago. And during this time period, I, I was really low low in spirit, low in mood. Um, I'm not too sure exactly what triggered it, but you just felt like I was walking through mud. Just didn't feel good. I just didn't feel good about life or business. I felt like everything was falling apart. This is about the time when I was the printer that I, I was working with wasn't working out. Uh, orders were, were stacking up and just everything felt like it wasn't going well. And uh, it was at that time that we started talking about what I can and can't control in my life and what I can't and cannot control my business. And we started talking about again, well, what would a CEO of, you know, a multi-million dollar company do uh, in those kind of things? And it was easy for me to answer because we're, we're getting there. We're on our way. And well, you know, the, I would, I would do this. I would, I would probably go find a new printer or I, you know, have my partner go find a, a, new, a new printer, et cetera. And he goes, okay, great. And so then he's like, okay, let's talk about your, your personal life. You know, what's going on there? I'm like, well, you know, I'm doing all these things and et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, you are the CEO of your life. And 
I couldn't help but kind of grin when he said it because I only because it is so easy to forget that we can run our lives in many ways similar to how you might run a business. And what I mean by that is, I don't know about you, but I, as a mother and as a partner or a future wife, if you will, I have a tendency to do everything because I think I should, or I think I can do it better or faster or, or whatever it is. And what happens is what, what happens, we get tired, right? We get burnt out. We, we don't have time for ourselves. And that's what was happening with me in this low period is that I wasn't taking any time for myself to, I like to run. It's good for me to get outside and get in the fresh air and, and run, you know, a few miles. It, I don't always want to, but afterwards I feel so much better about myself. I have a little more energy and uh, I wasn't doing those things. I wasn't going for walks. I wasn't taking care of myself because I was doing all these other things. And he had said, you know, you are the CEO of your life. And it's a really interesting perspective to take. When you step back and just look at all the things that, that need to happen, do you really need to be the one to do them? Now, the answer might be yes. I mean, if, if you don't have help or support around you, the answer might be yes. But you also have control over when those things happen, how they happen. They don't have to be perfect, maybe. Maybe they don't have to happen right now. And you also have the ability to command when you have, when you should have time for yourself. When you do have the choice of saying, not right now, I need to take a half hour for myself. What can you delegate in your life so that you're not doing everything? Because we have a tendency to, to, to do everything, but can the kids do chores? Can they empty the dishwasher for once? You know, can they vacuum? Can somebody else vacuum? And I'm not suggesting that you're doing all the chores, but my gut tells me that you might be. I do a lot. It's not that I do, I do everything. And it's not that I don't get help. I just have a tendency to just do it because I, maybe I, it's not getting done. And instead of asking someone else to do it, be the CEO of your life. Be the, be the person who's actually in charge of your life. And so instead of life running you, things are going to happen in life that we cannot control. It, that is a fact. But if we don't take control of what we can and decide, make some decisions about what my boundaries are, what I really like to do, not what, not what your, your friend wants to do, your partner wants to do, but what you really enjoy doing and doing those things for yourself, taking some time to take care of yourself. Um, those are ways that we can start to command and be the commander of our life. What do you really want to do? What can you do now? What can you plan for later? You know, we, it's very easy to fall into a victim uh, mentality of, well, I, you know, I, I have to have this, I have to do this particular job because it's all I know or it's what I'm skilled in. I have to do these things. I have to live in this location. Um, but do you? I mean, it's really actually freeing and a little scary to discover that maybe some of the answers to those questions are no. But then what? But maybe that's a great place to be, to challenge your normal every day. What actually really has to happen? What could change if you 
we're so bold to change it. And what couldn't you, what can you actually get control of and start to be the CEO of your life, the creator of your life, the visionary of your life and where you want to be in 10 years and five years and 20 years. Think about it. And if you haven't, now's the time. Now's the time to think about where you want to be in life. Maybe you can't get there tomorrow, but could you get there in a year or five years, 10 years? What is that vision? And start working towards it because that's how you also run a company and a business. You have a vision and you start working towards it. I hope you found that helpful or at least a little bit inspirational. I can tell you to share with you very quickly that my vision is like right now I live in Northern Virginia. I have to, I have my kids and it's a custody, a custody agreement where, you know, my, my ex-husband also lives in this area and we choose to live in the same area with our kids so that we can share time with them. But they're 15 and 17 and they're getting older and they will be off to college before I know it. And at some point I don't have to be here anymore. So the question becomes, where do I want to be? So Joe and I spent a lot of time actually uh, ideating and talking about where we want to be in five years. Um, we, we talk about living in Florida. We talk about living in um, Disney World because we love Disney so much. We talk about being in, being in a financial situation where and that we have time freedom as well as the ability to afford um, trips you know, like cruises and, and going overseas or even, you know, fun local trips, that kind of a thing. So we have a very clear vision on the kind of house we want to live in, the kind of cars we might drive, what kind of trips we want to take and how often we want to take them and the environment that we want to be around and live in. And those are all things that we are driving towards now and how to get there and what decisions we need to make. Where does this business need to be in order for us to do those things? Um, where does our money need to be, et cetera, and our investments, the properties that we own, all those kind of things come into play. And, you know, if you were to ask me five years ago what my vision was, I couldn't tell you. And if you asked me just two years ago how, how likely I thought that I could achieve my vision, I would say, I don't, I would, I don't know. I'm not really clear on what I want to do anyway, and I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to make it. But the more that we start to talk about it, the more we get strategies in place, it is very realistic now. The way we talk about it is very, very different than two years ago. And it's, it's a practice, and it is something that we have to work at. Really, every day, every week, we, we talk about it, and we make decisions, and we or we just have fun imagining and getting excited about our five-year plan. So... I hope that you do the same thing for you because you you do have control over what you want in your life. Just, sometimes it might take a lot of energy to get there um, and planning and strategy. So if you liked this video or podcast, please subscribe out on uh, iTunes or on YouTube. You can also visit yourcolorstyle.com. That is where you'll actually learn more about the color uh, methodology of your color style, if you, which you've probably seen lots of videos on that. I didn't talk too much about it in this particular video. But if, visit yourcolorstyle.com. Subscribe to the newsletter where you'll get outfit ideas and style tips and all kinds of stuff, like announcements and everything uh, weekly from my newsletter. And remember, there is nothing more attractive than a woman who is comfortable in her own skin and is accepting of her true self. Dare to be exactly who you are.